Well, good morning. Uh, as you can tell, uh, I am not in church in our sanctuary. Uh, I am in my office right now, uh, and that's because on this Sunday, February 19th, we had some technical difficulties, and sadly, our whole service, as well as the sermon that I preached uh, yesterday morning, I'm taping this the Monday after, uh, didn't get recorded or live-streamed or anything like that, and so we don't have a record of it. And so I thought, instead of re-preaching that sermon to you, I would just give you a, a brief couple-minute recap of the text that we talked about and where we went thematically and some of the takeaways so that um, you can stay uh, up-to-date on our Genesis series. Uh, and next week when we move on into Isaac and other places, you'll kind of be ready to, to continue to follow along with the narrative of that story. Yesterday, uh, we were in our fourth week of Genesis. Uh, we started to look at Genesis 12 in the call to Abraham. Uh, up till now, as you will recount, we looked at the creation in Genesis 1 and 2. Uh, then the second week, we looked at the fall, where mankind enters into sin and starts to mess things up very deeply. And then in our third week, we looked at the flood account in Noah, where God is uh, fed up with the way the world has gone and to, destroys and repopulates. But we also saw the grace that he displays through the, the calling of Noah, uh, as well as various little means by which grace enters in the midst of that chaotic flood story. And so uh, today we're looking at this account of Abraham being called in Genesis. And uh, I, I mentioned in my sermon that it's in some ways the half point of the book. Uh, it's not the half point by any stretch chronologically. There are 50 chapters in Genesis and it's only chapter 12, but it's, it's halfway in the sense that it's the hinge chapter of the book of Genesis, um, in insofar as the first 11 chapters are about the chaos of the world, and then from 12 on, it's about God's redemptive plan being enacted in the world. And so what we see is as we get to the end of Genesis 11, uh, Noah has happened, the, the flood has been done and over with, and the earth repopulates, but yet again, the people enter into sin and chaos. Right? The, the line of Shem is supposed to be the kind of the promised line of redemption, but everything seems to be going terribly still. And in 11, we have the account of the Tower of Babel, where God takes the people that are united as they want to seek to build a tower and a, and a name for themselves, and he confuses their language and he scatters them all over the place. Right? And in that scattering is where we find this guy named Abraham. Abraham was a, a man, uh, his family was settled um, at, at the time of God calling him in this place called Haran, but he was originally a man from a place called Ur. It was just south of Babel where they had been scattered from, and Ur was known for two things. It was a place that was known for lunar worship. They worshipped the moon and, and gods that relate to the moon, and they also were known as a place of great wealth. And so Abraham and his family were, you know, was, was a wealthy family. He was from, from a place of comfort, uh, and his father had taken them initially with the goal of getting to Canaan uh, towards that direction, but they ultimately settled north of Babel in the very northern area of kind of God's activity at the moment in this place called Haran, and that's when God calls him. And so I want to read quickly that account to you in Genesis 12, verses 1 through 9, uh, and then just talk a little bit about where we spent time uh, in the sermon text yesterday in worship uh, before we go on with our day. <clears throat> Hear the words of God from Genesis 12, verses 1 through 9. Now the Lord said to Abraham, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house 
to the land that I will show you. And I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great, so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and in him who dishonors you I will curse. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. And so Abram went, as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he had departed from Haran. And Abram took Sarai, his wife, and Lot, his brother's son, and all of their possessions that they had gathered, and the people that they had acquired in Haran, and they set out to go to the land of Canaan. When they came to the land of Canaan, Abraham passed through the land to the place at Shechem, to the oak of Morath, and at that time the Canaanites were in the land. Then the Lord appeared to Abraham and said, Take your offspring, to your offspring I will give this land. And so he built there an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him. From there he moved to the hill country on the east of Bethel, and he pitched his tent with Bethel on the west of Ai in the east. And there he built an altar to the Lord and called upon the name of the Lord. And Abram journeyed on, still going toward Negeb. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So Abraham is, is in a place of comfort. He's settled in Haran. He has his family. Um, his father took them there. And one of the things that we have to understand is that before this call of God on Abraham's life, Abraham was in no way engulfed in the things of God. The people that, that, that had been scattered from Babel um, had, had developed into what we would consider a godless nation. Everywhere you went, everywhere they scattered to, God really wasn't worshipped anywhere in the world at this time. The people had developed their own pagan religions and practices, and God was distant uh, from all of them. And so there's this darkness kind of over the, the creation in the sense that God isn't acknowledged. Uh, he doesn't seem to, to be known by anybody. He doesn't seem to be worshipped by anybody. And so when God comes to Abraham and calls him, uh, we have to understand that that is completely out of the blue. Abraham is being confronted by a God in a divine, miraculous way, in a direct conversation way that he doesn't really know about. And so it's this completely unknown, sudden thing, uh, first of all. And so God comes to Abraham and he says, look, Abraham, I, I want you to, to, to kind of throw all of these things away. I want you to leave this place that you've known, this familiar place to you, and I want you to sojourn to a land where I'm taking you. And, and the, the significant thing here is that, one, he wants him to leave, and he's, you know, Abraham doesn't know him, and so it's like a stranger God asking you to do this. Number two, God doesn't even tell him where he's going. He just tells him to pick up and start to, to sojourn on his way. You know, he later finds out he's going to Canaan, but he doesn't know. It's this entirely unknown experience that he's called to. And what we, what we see in verse 4 is all of a sudden, Abraham just obeys. He just goes. And we read it so matter of fact, but it's crazy that he just obeys. And we have to ask ourselves, what is it about God in this moment that causes Abram to say, yes, I will go and I will take my wife with me. I will take my family with me. I will take whatever I need, carry, can carry with me. Um, it says that I will take those whom I've acquired. Uh, we don't actually think that they're slaves, right? That, that, that acquired word, when we look at it, the root of it isn't uh, from having or getting, but it's the, the root to make. And so we actually think that the acquired people in in, in Genesis 12:5 here are people that, that Abram has spoken to and, and won to the cause of, of God's 
you know, call. And so we might be looking at the first evangelist here. We're not, we're not sure. But anyway, he takes all of the, his family, the people that are followers of him, of him that he's gotten to be on board of this, this train of traveling for God, and he sets out totally in the unknown. Why would he do that? And I think the answer lies in this idea of purpose. See, we all really intrinsically within ourselves, what we want more than anything is purpose. We want to know why we're here. We want to know what God made us for. We want to know what our purpose on earth is. Is it really just that we are born or that we live and then eventually we go back to dust and die and all that happens in between is meaningless? Or is there something more to this? Right? We're, we're built to have a purpose. And so Abraham, who has a family, who has a home, who has a place, who has all the wealth he could probably want, at that time, he has everything that the world tells us we need, but yet he goes because I think what God gives him is purpose. He says, Abram, if you go, I will bless your name and I will make your name great. I will make from you a great nation. And so Abraham faithfully obeys that call and goes and follows the call of the Lord. And so for us, really, there's two takeaways from the story, the account of Abram's call that, that we can see. is Number one is the call of Abraham is the boots-on-the-ground initiation of God's activity. Right? We, we see in the first 11 chapters of Genesis just unfolding of chaos. Right, The fall in three just keeps getting worse and worse and worse. And no matter when you know, God wipes the face of the earth clean and starts fresh with Noah, but it just gets bad again. And so... When we see Abram called, it's the beginning of God saying, all right, for the, for the rest of Genesis and the rest of the Old Testament and all the way into the time of Jesus in the New Testament, you're going you're gonna to start to read about the redemptive story of what I'm doing. And it starts with Abram's call. Because out of Abraham comes a great nation that we eventually meet when he calls them out of Egypt under Moses. And then he has them wander through the wilderness and he eventually gives them the land. And then he, he takes it away when they're disobedient and he gives it back to them. And eventually we enter into the 400 years of silence. And then Jesus comes from the line of Abraham through David, through to Joseph and Mary and then Jesus. And so this, this initiation of God's plan that culminates in the, the, the ministry, the life, the earthly humanity, the, the, the arrest, the crucifixion and the resurrection of Jesus Christ all starts with Abraham. It's the first place where we see the plan beginning to actually unfold in all of its beauty and all of its majesty. So that's the first takeaway. The second takeaway is this. The call of Abraham and his obedience is actually meant to set a pattern for our lives and obedience as Christians. Because as Abraham was called to be a sojourner in the land to wherever God was going to take him, so we are called as followers of Christ to be sojourners in this place, right? A lot of times we live as people that are settled. We, we're happy where we are. We're comfortable. We just bought our house. We just remodeled our bathroom. We're so content to be in the place that we are as a people and sometimes as a church, right? We like the ministries we have. We like the schedule we have for Bible studies. We don't want to ruffle feathers. We don't need new initiatives. We don't need to go to new places that God is calling us to go. But yet God says, I want you to be pilgrims and sojourners in this land. This is not your home. We are meant to be in the world, but not of it, right? And so as so far as we exist as God's people, our purpose is to answer God's call 
to go wherever he wants us to go. Right? Now, I think that our call to go is a little different from Abraham's in that perhaps not for all of us is that call geographical. Right? When God says to us as a church and as the people of Stowe Presbyterian, get up and go, I don't think he means that all of us need to move away from Stowe into some land in which he's going to take us. But I think what it means is that we need to move from more comfort zones and where we are currently to new places that God wants to take us. And that when he calls us, we need to be willing to get up and go to those places. And so Abraham and the story of his call exemplifies the Christian life to us as his people, both as Christians and as members of Stowe Presbyterian. And so I want to challenge you this week to start to think about where is God calling you to go? What is God calling you to do? What are the things that he's placed on your life that he's saying, I, I want you to move in this direction. I want you to give to this place, whether it's money or time or talent or energy, or, you know, I want you to talk to this neighbor. You know you've been wanting to invite them and, and show them hospitality and, and, and demonstrate the grace and love of Christ to them, but you just haven't gotten off your butt to do it, right? I want you to get up and go. What are the things that you feel the Holy Spirit moving as an individual and as this church saying that God wants us to do this. And, and let's start to think about those things and pray about those things and say, man, I, I just want to listen as Abraham was obedient, so I want to be obedient too. And that's the point of Genesis 12 for us. As we get into the following weeks, we're going to start to look at Abraham's ministry unfolding. We'll start to see what happens when he's blessed with a child. We'll see what happens with Isaac and sacrifice, and we'll eventually work our way all the way through to, you know, to Joseph and the, the move to Egypt and all the way through the, the narrative of Genesis. But for today, we're looking at Abraham, and we're saying that his call and his demand that God makes of him is the same demand that God makes of us today. It just looks a little different. How will you respond to God's call on your life? Let's pray. God, we thank you. We're so grateful that we get to be in your word, that we get to hear of the story of redemption that started here with Abraham. And Lord, we pray that you, in the days and weeks to come, would point to us the directions in which you want us to move. For some of us, that might mean that you actually want us to move somewhere. But for most of us, it means that you want us to take an initiative. And so, God, we, we're scared to, to, to make some moves, but we ask you to point them out in our lives. Show us where you want us to go, and please, by your Spirit, empower us to go there. It's in your, uh, in your grace and in your mercy and in your power that we all live and move and have our being. And all of God's people said together, Amen. Thank you, and sorry again that uh, we had some issues with our stream uh, this week. Uh, we hope that this has been edifying to you, and I look forward to seeing all of you again in person or online uh, Sunday morning. Thanks. Have a blessed week.